and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Ty, we got Jameson, and we are back, refreshed from the bye week, uh, and ready to talk some Sooner football. The Sooners start another championship November campaign, uh, and folks, this is just as tough as it's ever been. Straight off the bat, at Baylor, in Waco, big nude Saturday. Um, but before we dive into that, Jameson, Ty, uh, I gotta ask, did y'all have a delightful uh, bye week? Did you did, uh, go apple picking or, you know, any, any relaxing behavior? No, I did not go apple picking, but the bye week is extremely needed for me in, in my relationship because is this now NBA is on, you know, the majority of the nights, and then we've got NFL football Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, and then football all Saturday. I am just a... I'm probably more utilized in a potato whenever it's this time of the season, you know, like I'm really, really just, I just sit on the couch all day. So this was needed. I, I went out and did what I needed to do. And I think I've earned enough brownie points to get me through December. now. There, there you go. That's what you need to do. You need to do just enough to around the house, just enough to kind of get things going. Ty, what about you? Goodbye week. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, it's, it was kind of nice just to not, uh, I took sort of a, a total bye week it, widely known on the podcast that I sort of, I do early mornings on Saturdays, you know, get up and, and make or, or acquire food and then uh, be ready and, and for the game day at eight and then sort of jump in the day. And I like to, you know, do a little chores here and there as game days on and, and get warmed up. But it was kind of nice just to have, you know, not, not a big OU game because they've been stressful this year. And, and uh, I will get into this more on the next pod, but as a known as a known Michigan State hater, uh, it was just a wonderful week because it was like it was when I'm watching other teams that aren't like OU. It's one of those like I'll kind of care, but then if it goes bad, it's whatever. But if it starts to go good, I still get the joy. So that was that was nice. Of course, it it, it was a, a bad day for the haters of uh or, or, or great day for the haters a bad great day, day for a player hater <laughs> it was it was it was a player haters ball weekend of of college football <laughs> for sure especially for you you know you got you got ar15 didn't even play because he heard oh, himself yes. dancing oh, my, yeah here's here's my thing Bob, you keep on saying I was, I was gonna say i love when i love when i drop a super cold take but then just a freak act of god comes in and proves it right like uh, Incredible. Why do you keep on saying that he's the big AR-15 hater? I was the one who initially was starting it versus Blake, and then Ty hopped on because we are both well, together. So okay, so it's I, both I, of us I, here. I mean, both of us. Yeah, but but Ty also said he was basically the same as Felipe. No, Frank. but here's, okay, here's that was the ridiculous. Thing. Here's I so I but I got committed to like a storyline, right? hundred percent honesty. I said that he reminded me of Felipe Franks as an insult to both of them. But then you guys jumped on me so much that I had to commit to this storyline that Felipe Franks was a good quarterback, which he's objectively not. He's just yeah, better than AR-15. You, you just had to double down on it. We'll I save that it. for the next podcast. For, yeah. for sure. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to all that on the weekend spread. But uh, we're back. We have football. And um, like, I, like I said, this is, this is uh, the toughest stretch of the season by far. Um, Baylor did lose on Saturday, but they're still ranked. They're still going to be top 15 maybe maybe i don't know about that one actually they're, mm. they're a good team i think it's, they're it's 18 gonna... in the ap right yeah they're they're, they're like in, a, in the low teens so like the, this is a tough game this is the toughest team OU's played by far uh this season i would say and you know waco um i i, I don't know if 11 11 a.m might not help their their crowd much but you know they're they're 
the Baylor Bears are a very capable team with a very capable offense, uh, and it's led by one other or uh, one Gary Bohannon with a G, uh, spelled in the most inconceivable way possible. Um, Jameson, what do we need to know about the quarterback of the Bears? Yeah, I, I was saying, I've been saying on the weekend spread a lot with Blake this year that I've really enjoyed watching him. And I think that, you know, he's mobile, but he's not, that's not what he is. He's got a really good arm and he's got really good accuracy and a great spiral. Honestly, that has impressed me from the beginning of the season. But from what I saw last week in that TCU game, I honestly, I saw a lot of weaknesses. He threw two interceptions. He wasn't really hitting a lot of his guys. Um, this made me feel a whole lot better because coming into this game, I mean, he, he was 14 to 20, only missed six balls, but just by the eye test, I wasn't as impressed as I had been with him in the beginning of the year. And especially against one of the worst defenses in the big 12 and TCU made me feel a little bit more confident with our secondary, obviously being so discombobulated as they usually are that we could at least have a shot versus him. Um, but he's still very talented and he has some weapons around him. Yeah, don't don't get it twisted. This Baylor team is still very good. They're still dangerous, and they're going to be looking to uh, bounce back. Uh, they still have a Big Twelve championship they could potentially make, uh, and they but they got to win. So, Ty, before the season, we we were uh, <laughs> we, we, we were the we were the um, captains of the Baylor haters ball. I would say you though you picked them last. Have you been impressed? <laughs> with, you you picked them below Kansas. Have you been impressed with the Bears this season, and uh, what what have you seen? Have you obviously you don't think they're the worst team in the Big Twelve anymore, but uh, what what have you seen out of them this year that uh, might have surprised you? So I will say, right, they already have two losses. Conceivably, they could lose their next three regular season games, and then also lose their bowl game, and be would that be like seven and six? So you know, that wouldn't be six. No, but it. Yeah, so I don't. They only have two a, more games. There, there's yeah, two game. more games left. Do they? No, they don't. Yeah, they play us then K State, and then Texas Tech. Oh shoot, they do oh. play Texas Tech. You're right. Yeah, dang, yeah. Google wasn't loading. Yeah, but yeah, Lone Star um, Shootout or whatever they call it. Yeah, That's but no, so the butt the, bowl. Yeah, the the thing about Baylor is they are definitely with the way that OU's been playing. They're a dangerous team. They're they're a dangerous team to to an OU team. Uh, because they're going to come out, they're going to give us their best shot, like everybody always does. There's still that big storyline there, that big hatred. We've been struggling. They just came off a you know a big struggle, which I, I will say, and, and you know, Boaten Blake's more educated to to speak on this, but Baylor TCU is sort of like a OU Texas, and that it maybe doesn't necessarily matter too much. Uh, it's it's a big you know super close rivalry game, and and crazy things can happen either way, but uh, it's definitely not good for us. Uh, at all that they lost um, last weekend because it, you know, it dings our strength of schedule no matter what we do. Um, and, and, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, we, we falter here. Uh, that's going to be a big ding. So. Yeah. You know, I, I was pissed great. when they lost. So yeah. It was, yep. No, I, that, that's a reasonable, that's, that's what you have to be as a, you know, as a, as an OU football fan, you, you got to be a, a fan of of your opponents as well are you gonna be especially when we're in the big 12 and we're having a fight for strength of schedule uh you know we got to be fans of of uh, the teams that have a shot and, and i mean that's the biggest the biggest problem with the big 12 is it becomes just this massive mosh pit towards the end of the season where it 
in most years you you don't have like two really good one loss slash you know one undefeated team and then a bunch of one loss teams you just have like a bunch of three loss teams that beat up on each other and then you lose to a random TCU team that you know just came out of nowhere with freaking Chandler Morris um so you know, 461 yards Bobby of Chandler Morris I, I I'm just glad we didn't I'm just so glad we haven't had to play him that would have been that would have been infuriating if we if we've had to if we ha- have to run into Chandler Morris this year but we don't which is great um and it's it, it, look at Iowa State like they went off to Morgantown and got beat uh, a couple weeks ago it, it's it's tough and it, it it's really been screwing with our strength of schedule and um it definitely definitely stings but you know you, you, you do what you can and you, you beat who's in front of you but so let me let me ask you this bobby um and, and jameson as well just as a segue how are you guys feeling about baylor's run game because i feel like ou you know as ou fans we have this whole oh the defense is going to give up big plays but I, it seems like this year we're giving up more big run plays than we have traditionally, or at least it's maybe a little bit more frequent. Because I always remember we always give up a big pass play here and there. that always hurts. But I can't really remember us giving up as many big or long run plays as we have sort of this year. So is that something Baylor maybe brings to the table with, uh, I think his name's Abraham? Yeah, Abraham's Abram. very Abram good. Smith. It's yeah. just Abram. So, Abram. but like they also they have a two headed yeah. monster at running back, Abram Smith, and Tristan Ebner is also very talented at running back as well. Like these guys, you know, these aren't your household names. You know, these aren't your Brees Halls. These aren't, you know, um, like Zach Evans was for TC before he quit on the team. Um, but uh, like these are pretty good running backs, and they should definitely bat. You should bat an eye at them. Like I said, like he has Gary Bahan and has weapons around him, and that's an established run game that should, you know, bully up on teams to open up the pass for Gary. The thing is, yes, you know, we've had a couple of long runs here and there, but what we really need to make sure is we can get ahead on first down on Saturday. We do not want them getting four yards on the first carry, five yards on the first carry, and then we're playing third down and twos like we've had, and they just elongate a drive against us and they control the tempo of the game. Um, I think Jalen Redmond coming back on the defensive tackle is huge for that because it just feel like we're more in sync with him out there and we're not having to switch everybody around. Yeah, I, I agree. Redmond's huge there. and that's. Uh, but I will say as to what Ty said about the long runs, uh, I, 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 I don't think – you're not wrong because I feel like there are those big plays. But other than the big plays, OU's run defense has been very solid this year. Uh, they are, they're currently ranked 17th in uh, FBS um, – in but Robert Griffin defense. said that was our weakness. Yeah, <laughs> Robert Griffin is the biggest idiot, and it, 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 look, I'm just—I'm so happy that people don't have to listen to him this weekend. I, I sent the- this. I sent this to our group, and, and for the listeners, I watched the Oregon versus whoever Oregon was playing. Washington, Washington, yeah, uh, game, and RG three was was commenting that one. And he literally said at one point near the end of a very disappointing performance by Oregon, I don't see how you could leave this Oregon team out of the playoffs. And I was sitting there like with just terrible loss to Stanford already. And like, he's, he's improved. His first ever game was terrible, but he is bad as an announcer. He is bad, bad. Um, And that, that Oregon team, by the way, I think there's his announcing skills. Yeah. 
That Oregon team, though, they, they're, they're infuriating. And But even worse is that damn, what Washington did, how they ended that game, where they went out and tried to punt uh, down. <laughs> they went out to punt down eight and <laughs> snapped it over their guy's head for a safety. It just, and just called it. You, this is the same Washington team that lost to Montana at the beginning of the year. And they go out and say, like, oh, how can you leave Oregon out of the playoff with during this performance, it was a one possession game essentially at the end of the game, and Washington yeah. didn't make it right. The, the two points they just turned it into ten. Like, I how is that a stunning performance versus a Washington team that this season, you know, the the week before that they only beat Stanford by seven? Should we even talk about what Stanford just did to make the whole Pac-12 <laughs> look even worse? They lost to Utah by forty-five points. Like, what is going oh on the Pac-12 that you make you think, Robert Griffin, that they're even? to be even talked about as like an undisputed playoffs. I love that the Baylor previews just turned into personal attacks. It still fits. It still fits. You don't have to stay on topic talking about Baylor football because I mean, you know, we can talk about Robert Griffin. I think that's exactly. still topic. Now, speaking of Utah and Baylor quarterbacks, can we talk about how much Charlie Brewer just dropped the bag? Uh, yeah, why did he? Remember. Why did he transfer from Baylor? That makes no sense to me. The it, concussion sent him into a spiral um, uh, versus us. I, I remember whenever that, we hit him hard. Was that Nick Benito that came up across the middle? Yeah, like, it was. Shoved his head into the dirt, and he got up and started wobbling sideways. You know, ever since then, I mean, it was great for Baylor because you know Garrett Bahan has really been great for them this season. But Charlie Brewer, man, that is that is tough. And if I, when you're transferred to a team like Utah, where you had three other people, it seems like that transferred there as well. Um, you know, with Rising and then um, whoever there's another person there was too. Like honestly, like like I don't know, I, that just didn't make any sense. I feel like Utah just took way a lot of transfers this last off season. Well, if they just if Utah just started with Rising, like where imagine where they would be. They look mm-hmm. awesome right now. They're 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 rolling through teams. I and honestly, Oregon Except might have Oregon State. I don't think well. Everyone's everyone gets tripped up by the spooky beavers every once in a while again, but yeah, I, I don't know. Let, let's get back on with uh, Baylor a little bit, though. Um, you're right, though that, that that rushing game is it is pretty good. It's pretty dynamic. I feel like this OU defense is is well set up for it. Um, but you know, it, it's going to come down to what it always does. Can we get can we get Baylor off the field um, on third downs and fourth downs because. Let's be honest, we suck at those, too. Um, and can we, you know, come out early and inflict our will? Which is, it, it's hard to do on the road. Um, I do. I really do think that the non-night game uh, will help. Um, you know, that that environment is not the most intimidating, but I feel like every time we've played them at this stadium, it's always like, college game day, night game. You know, you, you stack all this onto it, and, you know, not having that, you know, the big nude Saturday kind of doesn't have the same, you know, zip to it. You know, the, the, I, I, I don't know if they'll, um, you know, come out the same. So, yeah, environment They, don't, they won't yeah. be drinking their Dr. Pepper that early in the morning, I hope, you know, the, unless they're <laughs> the, 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 the the streaker family from the commercials. I, I don't know. The, I don't know. How did the Wacians do it? You, the Wakeians? The, the Wacoans? The, the, wa- the, the Wacians? We have, we'll have to ask Blake on the weekend spread. It can't be the Wacians. Wacoans? The Wacanites? The Wacanites sounds, like sounds like a cult. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I mean, I mean, we're on the right. The Waconians, the Waconians. Uh, yeah, okay, I think that's, that's it. Never mind. <laughs> Waconians sounds right. Yeah, no, we, we 
No, no, no cult jokes. No cult jokes for Baylor. Uh, the only cult jokes we're going to make fun of is uh, Chip and Joanna and Shiplap. Uh, and, and, you know, that's that's a major important thing to think about is, you know, are the Baylor students and are the Baylor fans going to spend too much time at Magnolia Table? How long is the line going to be? Uh, are they going to spend 25? Are, yeah, maybe. Are Before they going to spend 25 dollars on a candle or 35 on a candle? So uh, there, there are a lot of big questions ahead of the game about the atmosphere and how much Magnolia is going to suck people in. Clearly, didn't it come out that she's kind of an asshole? I mean, I'm not stunned. Come on, they're the most people on TV are usually. Oh, I was just gonna say they're from Waco. <laughs> okay, this is if we if we get Baylor people listening to this, like, all right, I've had it. I'm going. I'm gonna make the only Baylor on the person that listens to this podcast. Yeah, the only Baylor person that listens to this podcast comes on every week and tries to convince people he's a TCU fan. So. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, no. The um, the, so, ba- the Baylor people are going to be in the comments, be like, they're talking shit on Chip Gaines. <laughs> Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just one dollar on either team to score can win one hundred dollars in free bets. So when either team scores, you score. Of course, if Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, so, but I do. I do think to, to kind of get us back on on track, um, and it segue us into one of the other things we talked about talking about. Um, Baylor potentially is going to be a team that we might have to see again in December. You know, not to be presumptuous from from the OU side, but I feel like when that's when that's the reasonable you know opinion, we're we're leading the Big Twelve. The presumed outcome is that we're going to face this Baylor team or potentially an Oklahoma State team. Um, so how are you guys feeling just, I know we haven't even played him yet, but how are you guys feeling about the likelihood and then how worried would you be if we were to face this Baylor team again? James, I'll let you go uh, first. Yeah, I I think it's kind of hard to say because I want to see obviously how our team defense meshes up versus their offense. I think their secondary has absolutely shown that they can get blitzed and just Chandler Morris throwing for close to 500 yards and then 70 on the ground. I mean, Caleb Williams, coming in as a true freshman, made the guy transfer. I mean, Chandler Morris pretty much knew that he had no shot with this guy coming in, and he is a high schooler, didn't even get to play senior year of high school. Like, that's how good this guy is. So I'm not saying he's going to put up 460 yards and 70 on the ground, but it shows you that I'm not worried about our offense. Um, Obviously, that's been a long story with our defense um, the way they're set up, you know, like like I said, if they can get ahead of us in the run game, it's definitely concerning. 
Um, but the way Gary Bohannon played last week, it makes me feel a little bit more optimistic that I think we can handle this game. Yeah, and I, I would I would probably put Baylor lower on my list of teams I'd be worried about uh, playing twice, um, mm-hmm. just because I think of the teams of the, of the the three feasible teams you can play in the in the Big Twelve Championship: Iowa State, OSU, and Baylor. Um, Baylor has the worst loss by far of those. That 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 yep. TCU performance is the worst performance I've seen out of them. <laughs> Who are you uh, scared of, of the most, though? I would, and I was going to ask you the uh, same tie that same question as well. I I think it's OSU. Um, <laughs> OSU should have won that game. Noted uh, again, OSU shill, Bobby. OSU of course, yeah, Bobby. No, yeah, clearly, clearly. Uh, no, I, I think Oklahoma State. You know, Iowa State's a tough team to beat on the road in Ames, and they got absolutely screwed on that spot. Um, you know that their defense is something we haven't seen. That is just completely unique in the Big 12 in terms of quality. Um, and, you know, Spencer Sanders, while, yes, he looks like garbage, we made, J- we made Jason Bean look like, look like RG3. So you know, it doesn't take a lot to, to move against a bad version of our defense. I don't think our defense will be that bad. We're getting healthy. DeLaron Turner yell uh, MVP, by the way. Uh, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, clearly, lock for the Big 12. Um, he's, he, he does actually really, uh, bring quite a lot and, you know, having Redmond come back and the potential to have Woody Washington play as well changes that calculus, uh, in terms of, you know, stopping our, our defensive issues, but OSU just a little bit more dynamic than, uh, Baylor and Iowa state. So, so Ty, look at, what about, what, what about you? Are you, are you worried about playing Baylor back to back or um, which of the uh, three would you be least interested in playing? A lot so of times? I think, yeah, I think Baylor of the three is the least likely that we would face again. Um, just because again, how, how terrible they've been against or how terrible they were against, against TCU. Just haven't seen that uh, level of, of disappointment from Oklahoma state, but I will, uh, I will dip where you dodged uh, here with your. Who would I be most worried about facing again? For me, it would be Iowa State, just because I know they've really, really underperformed this year. But Oklahoma State is Oklahoma, like Lincoln Riley has Gundy's number. Bob Stoops had Gundy's number. They are the the little brother. I I understand if it was any team but Oklahoma and you're talking about a two game series, I would probably say that OSU is the biggest threat. But Iowa State has always in in recent history overperformed expectations against OU. Um which I mean that their wins over us have been uh or their their performances against us have been, you know, evidence of that. It's it's been upsets. It's been they're good but they're not expected to win you know and and we're generally favored against against oklahoma state as well but just something about um they they have us figured out much better than than oklahoma state does so i think even though they've been underperforming this year that could be a sneakier second game for us i think yeah especially i mean other than kansas state iowa state by far has our number like as close to having our number as you can get Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's here's my thought process on it. So if you're thinking of who is likely to play us again, you know, you got to think of the losses in the Big 12. And Iowa State has two losses in the Big 12. Baylor has two losses in the Big 12. Oklahoma State only has one. So hypothetically, you know, 
if we're going to play in Iowa State or Baylor again in the Big 12 championship, we probably would have lost to them. And that is obviously something to be concerned about. Um, but if Oklahoma State wins out, which their um, last I looked, their, their schedule is not too difficult other than us. Um, let me, let me, TCU yeah, you got at it, Bobby. Home, TCU at home and at Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, before finishing which should out be Baylor. good for them. Or, sorry, Bedlam. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a good run. Uh, I mean, I'd be worried about Chandler Morris, but that doesn't really travel. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, he's a talented quarterback, and we knew that whenever we saw him in the limited time that we saw there, but still the defense should be able to handle them. My, my thing is overall, though, yes, I think Iowa State is what would worry me the most if we had to play them again. Because Oklahoma State's defense is very good. It's very respectful, and we should definitely take note of it. But me, I think that a team is going to beat Oklahoma if they control the pace offensively and chip away at us. Um, Just think what Jason Bean did and take it up an extra level and do it for two halves. Um, The offense of Kansas was winning that game. Yes, their defense was stopping us, but we weren't getting as many possessions. You know, Brees Hall and Brock Purdy can do that. You know, they've got Xavier Hutchinson, who's one of the better wide receivers in the conference, and um, he's been showing out this year. They've got three weapons all, all across at all three levels of the offense. Um, and now Oklahoma State, I don't know if I can say that about them. I understand, you know, Presley has been really good this year, um, but I just – he doesn't scare me as much. He's a very, very talented quarterback. I mean, very talented wide receiver, but Xavier Hutchinson – is a guy that just seems like one that would hurt OU in the past and will hurt us in the present. Yeah, definitely. Um, and how I, about, before we move on, how about those three games being our next three, our last three? Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect. It's big. Yeah, quite the gauntlet. I, and I think I really want to make this point be known because we're, we're recording this on Monday, so we don't have the CFP um, new rankings. But, you know, everyone's saying, okay, we, the Baylor loss does hurt our strength of schedule. It does. But I think that disrespectful ranking from the committee is not because, like, our strength of schedule. It's our current strength, strength of schedule that we've already done. And they're kind of already – they're putting into a part that, you know, these last three games is going to up our strength of schedule so much because we've played absolutely nobody with any kind of street cred right now. But whenever we play these three teams, even if all of the teams we play for the rest of the year to lose their games, they're going to be the best teams that we played all season comparative to everybody else. So I think it's extremely, you know, important to think about that because it's it's not like um, I, I I'm part of the clan for sure that if we went out we're in I really do just I because mean, it, the way everyone's set up. You're absolutely right. No. There's no way they leave out a undefeated conference champion Oklahoma, uh, especially with this run. It just it just doesn't happen because we not only do we have these. You know, three very good opponents, but then we have to replay one of them. So that's that's obviously massive. Um, and yeah, we yeah. would have a we would have a very strong strength of schedule and and record. You know, even if we continue to win by like ten points, uh, that would look a lot better in in these games because then you could make the playing down argument uh, for our opponents when we've performed you know equally as well against some better opponents. So. Yeah, I don't in in undefeated Oklahoma, especially now. You know, you have the the Michigan State people lost, and then they, that wasn't even their most difficult game. They got to play Ohio State and and Penn State in reverse order uh, of that coming up. So it's it, out of the people in front of us. There's no way in, in undefeated OU gets gets left out at all. 
Agreed. I, I think my thing is it's all about finishing strong. It's all about winning in a, it. And look, even if OU scrapes by, you know, I think they'll be fine anyways. But if they can really show that, hey, look, we're different and really, you know, use that disrespect card and, you know, just kind of, you know, push it to string together some really good, legitimately solid performances, especially while the rest of college football is floundering around, you know, barely beating Washington and losing to Purdue. And this is the time to get better. You know, if everyone else is, is tripping up and looking sloppy while we're looking good, people will forget about what happened in September against Nebraska and Tulane. Um, it's about how you finish. And Oklahoma has been the best at finishing in college football in terms of regular season play in terms of November championships. Um, People forget, you know, the, uh, you know, sometimes just how insane this championship November run is. Our last road or our last November loss was Baylor, our freshman year, Ty. We were, it's crazy. The the, the first uh, game of that winning streak was that Texas Tech game that me and uh, uh, Connor asked for, drove out to Lubbock and had to come back in the sleet. That feels like a, a billion years ago. I, I'm a... a Physically, entirely different person <laughs> uh, than, than I was back then. I, so it's like it's it's wild to think about that su- sustained success. And you know, Jamison, I know it's like kind of a part of uh, OU's marketing and recruiting um, a little bit. But how much does this whole championship November attitude and mindset? How 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 real is it, and how tangible is it in terms of uh, motivation? In terms of uh, actually changing the way OU plays in this month. I sure hope it is. I, I would like it to be a mantra kind of thing, but in all honesty, it might just be a wake-up kind of thing where um, these teams sleepwalk. Right now we're seeing a lot of our players on this team sleepwalk when it comes down to intensity. I'm talking to you, Perry on Winfrey. Uh, and whenever it comes down to, oh gosh, we're almost there. I need to turn in my assignment tomorrow. I need to stay up all night and put in 100% of my effort. Some people are procrastinators, and that's what Championship November is to me. And I, I really don't think it's something like, oh, look at us, how much we win these championships. We always, we always win in November. Like, I don't know how much, like, actually that's bought into. I think it's just more of like, oh, gosh, we're almost to the championship game. I need to start actually trying my hardest instead of skating by and living the college life. The Bobby special, just cobble it together the night before. <laughs> Hope it works. Um Ty, like how how much of it, or how much do you think uh, this November is going to kind of, how important is that mindset of finishing strong for you? Yeah, so, well, obviously finishing strong is of of the utmost importance, but I I sincerely believe, and there's a lot of, uh, don't ask me to quote it, if if somebody's going to call us on this, we'll post on the Instagrams later, (laughs) but there is a a lot of evidence that in, in sports psychology, I'm sure, but in, uh, in other fields of psychology, specifically with young men around the ages of, of the guys on our team, of, of how important just believing that you're going to win, believing that, you know, you're going to go out there and, and put in the work because you can't believe that you're going to win by just doing whatever. But believing that you are unstoppable and just mentally going out there and going, everything I do is going to work. If anything messes up, it's whatever. You know, have the, the Baker Mayfield chip on the shoulder attitude. Um that is so important because at the same time, if you advertise it enough, like this championship November thing is, is well known, you start to get into the heads of, of the people you're playing, whether they know it or not too. 
and they're going, oh god, this we gotta face Oklahoma in November. They're we can't like they're ridiculous in conference play in November. Like it just whatever we do, I'm sure it's gonna go wrong. They just have the the sooner magic. There's there's a lot of evidence that that is a, a very real, very important um, psychological you know phenomenon. Just coming in with the right mindset, and and then also imparting on your opponents uh, this mindset that no matter what they do they're going to lose. And, and that will, that will really chip at people. So there is, there is some real, um, you know, power to that. But I think at the same time um, it's we're we're manifesting that. And it, but at the same time, just like you guys talked about, it's, it's that crunch time attitude. OU has, has done that. I'm going to coast through thing uh, through here in, in November. I have my own academic championship in November. Uh, really, mm-hmm. we all win championships. We get seventies, but it's where you go on canvas for the first time in the semester. Mm-hmm. You realize you have a thirty-four, but you got a lot of exams and stuff, and then you just start chipping away, and you get up there to that seventy, and then and then ride through. And I think that's more or less what Oklahoma football does. We just kind of coast yep. through, you know, drop one here or there, and then we get to that championship in November. Maybe in in Jameson's situation, maybe we're talking about like. Oh God, I have a 97. I need to ship this up to a, a 98. But uh you know. I was a master of the 89.5 tie. I would like you to know that. But let me talk to you on this on the sports psychology thing. There's actually um a thing called Dotson scale of performance anxiety. And if you're overly too confident and you believe in yourself and you're not anxious at all, you know, that that is lower. So think of it's like a bell curve, you know. So you want to have just a little bit of anxiety, but just enough confidence. And if you're way too anxious, you're not going to perform. If you're way too confident, you're not going to perform. But if you're right in the middle, that's the, that's the perfect meet. The problem is, like you said, um, I, I think our guys have been way too confident. Um, they believe in their abilities way too much. They feel like they can skate by. They don't feel anxious showing into Lawrence, Kansas on a dreary 11 a.m. morning. Um November comes around, your deadline comes around, your test, your finals tie, and you're like, oh God, I need to pick it up. I feel very confident in myself. I know I'm a great player. I was getting first round, second round draft grades, um, but I haven't felt this need to um, until now. So then you kind of even out. Well, and I also wonder, like psychologically, like if that's been an issue for OU in the past, because think, think about it, like they've gone it's kind of a good and a bad situation because every time they get down really big, they're like, okay, we have the belief that we can come back. We've done it before. But at the same time, that leads them to getting complacent and getting, you know, down three touchdowns to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So- well, I think, I think also more important, what I was getting as more importantly, it's, it's imparting that, you know, that knowledge on your, your opponent that you're coming into this, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. You can get up by 21 points. You think you're safe, which, you know, we've done this year. You're going to lose. And, and that's a very, very important, you know, thing. You know, you what, look at the, the entire second half of the Cowboys game uh, yesterday, uh, unfortunately. And I say this as a Cowboys fan, but it, every one of the players, the second that that ridiculous punt call was, was called, um, nobody cared. Nobody on the Cowboys cared. They were down 19 to nothing, and every single one of them was defeated already. And, you know, so... It's so much of it is a mental game for sure. Um, anyways, let's kind of uh, wrap this up a little bit. Our championship November talk, Jameson. What is your favorite uh, OU performance in a championship November game? Uh, basically, from uh, 
<laughs> from November 2014 all the way on to, I guess, uh, uh, I guess it would be um, Bedlam last year. Yeah, mine was, um, the first thing that came to my mind was Bedlam 2017. I thought that was an absolute electric atmosphere atmosphere in Stillwater. Atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so smart. Um, yeah, but it was it was an absolute shootout, 62 to 52. Both um, quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph, threw five touchdowns. It was back and forth. I was sitting by myself as an OU fan in the OSU student section. I have so many great memories from that, and that's just your classic, you know, Big 12 game and man was it hostile and I just loved that game and that was a really big time season for OU obviously um let's not talk about 2017 too much but overall that was you know when we were starting to peak we're getting close to our you know this is OU and Baker Mayfield and we could have something here absolutely yeah that that was a classic and you know anytime you have a duel in Stillwater it's incredible and you know I, I think if you had to power rank them a lot of them would be those great games in Stillwater. Uh, Ty, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to – I, I kind of had one in mind. Then I, I wasn't paying strictly attention to, to sort of the, the left-right time boundaries we set. I'm going to break them because uh, it's such a good game. I understand it's maybe not technically part of the streak, but only by a little bit. Just like Jameson said, those odd years of Bedlam, that, which are – that's when we play in Stillwater is, is the odd number of years – 2013 because it's just a sooner magic game it's a sooner magic game. that's the year um that we had the money cut trick play touchdown uh we had the the oklahoma state male cheerleader trying to trip um i believe it was blake bell or or someone it was uh eric striker he tried to trip okay yeah so it was just like it absolute sooner magic year but yeah it, it you could name really any any one of a handful of of bedlam games in Stillwater, that's really what what I, what comes to mind. And and I might get I might get stoned by the listeners for saying this, but I I get kind of disappointed on the years where we play OSU and Norman because it's just not it doesn't feel the same. It's we you get that November that fall feeling in Still Stillwater is such a great atmosphere uh, to go play there, and it's just I love it. Yeah, Bedlam and, o- and Norman, it's just another Big 12 game, but Bedlam and Stillwater is one of the most special atmospheres in college football, hands down. It, it, that is where the rivalry exists, it flourishes, it thrives, it's, it is it is one of the greatest, um, at, I love it, I love it, it mainly because I love going in as a bad guy. Um, Jameson and I have experience with that one in that exact uh, 2013 year, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I'm going to close mine. Uh, I'm going to give, give mine, uh, and I'm going to break from the bed, uh, bedlam talk a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, the Jalen hurts year, 2019, uh, Baylor performance. Good. Good. Uh, I'm glad someone that, said that one. One of the yeah. craziest OU games I've seen in my life. An insane comeback. Uh, just one for the ages had Bowden Blake right there chirping the whole time. You know, because <laughs> he, he just he just loves seeing OU fall apart. Oh my god! Uh, but you know, it, it is you know on the road in that environment. You know, OU was you know just dead in the water, making that comeback, uh, largest in school history. That was just incredible, and you know you you can go down the list. It, Baylor in 2015, another classic. Uh, that whole 2015 run was just insane um, with the TCU game. 
you know, the double overtime situation, mm-hmm. uh, Bedlam blowout as well on that. But, you know, I, I, would, I don't want to bore the listeners by waxing poetically on OU's past glory. That's, off, because that's we off have, the wagon. That's off-season content right that there. Could be a, that could be a really good off the wagon for sure. And, yeah, you know, we got to cut ourselves because you, you got me wanting to start bringing up all the, the old games. Yeah, no, off-season stuff's going to be fun for sure. So let's let's wrap this thing up. Uh, injury talk. So with the bye week comes rest, and with I'm rest good. comes... I'm comes back, we, we, Well, not you. <laughs> My knees had been swelling today. <laughs> James is down. <laughs> I picked up a bad Beersby uh, injury, you know, last tailgate. Uh, no, so uh, mainly the status of Woody Washington um, and, uh, you know, what what's going on, Jameson? What are you what are you hearing? I'm not hearing much. I mean, it's just the the press conference. It's, I know I know what his injury is, and it seems like he could with the timeline he could come back for this week. But it looks like they haven't ramped him up into practice yet. So what Lincoln Riley said in his press conference that it would be an absolute stretch if he or um, Theo Weiss played. Uh, so um, what I've kind of noticed a little bit um, with comparing you know NFL injuries, which you kind of know everyone's injury and diagnosis versus college. You don't know anything really um, is they take their time a little bit more with the college players. And obviously they should, because they're not getting, well, now they are, but they're not getting paid millions of dollars um, to play the game and to get out there. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. So uh, it looks like that he is very close to practicing and um, I bet you he gets some limited practice this week and then ramp up to a full participant next week and get ready the Iowa State. Um, but Theo Weiss is another name. Looks like they're optimistic he'll get back um, before the end of the season. That's a big name to watch. You know, Jalen Redmond looks like he's going to get back into form. DeLaren Turingales looked good. Um, and other than that, um, if we can get those guys back, hopefully this is going to turn into that defense that we thought that we had a real big time top 10 defense in the nation in Oklahoma at the beginning of the season. Um, but there's still a lot to be seen. I think it is an absolute blessing. We found Key Lawrence um, at that cornerback position with Woody still being out for one more game. Um, we'll see if is was that a one hit wonder or is it not um, moving into Saturday? That's a probably my biggest thing to watch is is Key Lawrence a one hit wonder? So we'll absolutely, see. absolutely, especially against better competition for sure. So let's let's just kind of wrap it let, wrap this up with a quick kind of predictions for this final stretch. Um, Ty, do you, what do you, what, what do you see happening? Do you see, uh, do you, you see... going to say, what do you want? What, what do you want? <laughs> that, what, do you that, want? what do you want? That was such a bad transition. I'll take, a, I'll take a one national championship with a side of big 12 championships. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Uh, but, so I knew what you're going to, what, what do I think is going to happen for yeah. OU specifically? I, I think um, in conference play, I think from date to now, the, the reasonable assumption, right? The video game NPC, it, this is OU's to lose. It's not just an Iowa State specific thing, right? Like all of these teams should not beat OU. If, if OU loses these games, it's because OU lost. Um, so I think the reasonable greater than 80% uh, scenario is that OU goes 4-0 in conference play. From from date out, and that's including the the championship game. Um, so yeah, wow, yeah. you should parlay that. I love it. Yeah, I, no, I, but I think it, it's pretty reasonable, right? Like it's not. I, 
understand you, you kind of have to as Maybe a OU fan, right? But it's, I mean, to, I, I'm not. I, he's not wrong. I mean, we will OU, be the favorite in everyone, even if we dropped mm-hmm. one of these games. Uh, let's say we drop Bedlam to OSU because they're the most likely championship opponent. We would then go into the championship against OSU still the favorites. I guarantee yes. you. You know, and so it's it. We should win all of these games. So I think the the reasonable assumption is. Oh, you guys four and out. We're not going to cover. Yeah, but yeah. Give us. Well, the, what's the math? So say say if every single game for these next four, we have a ninety percent chance going in. You feel like if we play ten games, we win nine of them. If the statistical odds of us running the table and winning all four of those is still sixty six percent. So it's it's still something to be worried about statistically. Even if you have a little bit of a doubt that you know, whenever you compound, you know, and square and third and fourth year um, odds make it a little bit worry. I, I also think that we're going to, you know, run the table. I think that we're going to have a really good game in Baylor um, this coming Saturday. I feel pretty confident about that, but Iowa state worries me. I think that'll be a close game. That's really going to test us a lot. And um, maybe we might have some of our injuries back by then. And then Oklahoma state, you never know what you're going to get. It's going to be an electric atmosphere either way. Um, and it'll be really cool to see how Caleb Williams handles that. When the last time he was in an electric atmosphere in hostile territory, he showed out and put his name on the map. Well, that Bedlam game too is going to be historic in nature because it might be the last uh, in God knows how long uh, given the SEC move. So it's, it's going to be one of the craziest environments ever but you know i i think it's i'm with ty i think it's a reasonable uh assumption to think ou wins out because that's just what they do they win big 12 championships and they win the games that matter at the end of the year uh they they find a way to uh, play their best ball at the end of the season it might not be it might not be pretty it might not it might get tough at points I, i i feel like the big 12 championship is always tight other than that one tcu one um but you know, I I think it's, I think it's a very reasonable assumption to think that OU finds a way, wakes up and it gets better, and we'll see. You know, um, every streak is every every streak lives to be broken. It it lives to die, and um, hopefully that's not the case here. Wow, so. way to get all more morbid on us. Yeah, that was a terrible ending. <laughs> and <laughs> let's end our what? podcast. Bobby, you got any last thoughts? That's what I, I thought. I told okay, you guys this is Bobby is an OSU sleeper agent. I'm not an OSU sleeper agent. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to be foreboding. I gotta gotta I, build I, it up. Let's get excited. Ty, did you get um access to the Instagram? I did not. I, <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. I'm, um, Bobby, can you send that to him? I'm going to be sending. So just read, just read the password on air. As, <laughs> as a special perk to our live viewers, we're going to give you access. It's to, the community Instagram. What can whatever you're going to post, listeners, can't be as bad as the thing that I was going to post that got my access pulled. So, <laughs> oh man. Well, that is uh, the end of our Baylor preview. We didn't talk about Baylor that much. But we had a we had a good time for sure. Worry about Tyquan Thornton. That's your biggest player to watch, wide receiver. We didn't even yeah. mention him the entire. We didn't even game. mention their defense, which is pretty good. Oh, they, we, they, I, they, I, they, I talked about their I talked about their secondary. Right. Talk, we talked really about the secondary. They, they Baylor's defense is good. They've only allowed thirty points one time, and it was last week against TCU. We should have oh, shouted. There you go, defense. We should have shouted them out at the start because none of them are listening by now. But <laughs> shout out to the OU Club of Atlanta Schooner Pod. Number one official podcast of OU Club of Atlanta. Always. always. Greatest Delta Hub city in all of America. 
we got to get off this podcast before I say peace up, A-Town down. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) I I just said it. All right, (laughs) Jameson Ty, thanks for popping on the pod. Always fun. Um, We are... We're gonna be uh this is gonna be a fun fun run, everyone. So End it. we're ending the podcast now. Good night, everyone. Have a good week. Make sure to keep an eye out for the weekend spread coming out on Thursday, and uh yeah, we'll see you throughout this uh this final run of OU football. So have a good week, boomer sooner. And beat Baylor. Boomer sooner, Jesus. Oh, boomer sooner, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>